Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello again everybody and welcome to episode 3, season 4 of the Dead Parent Club podcast with myself, Kat Hooker, and my lovely co-host, Emma Jones. I'm guessing that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now it's Dying Matters Week in the UK from the 8th to the 14th of May. So this week's theme has a focus on dying matters at work. Stigma around grieving and a lack of understanding about what it means to be ill and what happens when you're dying mean that too many of us are struggling to cope when faced with life's inevitable challenges. And the workplace is no exception. We'll be sharing our own experiences and those faced by our community, including the positive things they've experienced as well as the negative. Welcome to the Dead Parent Club podcast. I think it's important to know we had a we've chatted about this before we started recording that we're talking about the workplace here, but I think that's specifically prominent because it's a place where a lot of us spend the majority of our time. Um, but the workplace can be dependent on how old you are um, and kind of what you do for a living. So it could be, as as you discussed, Emma, you know, when you've been at university, that's where you've spent the majority of time at that certain point in your life. So kind of how those people have um, approached you and how you've experienced grief in that environment as well. Um, just so that we can be as inclusive to everybody that's listening as possible, I think. Um, first question I want to ask you, though, Emma, is why we think and why do you think that it's important to be able to talk about grief in the workplace or in an environment where you spend the majority of your time? Well, I'm an advocate of talking about grief wherever, whenever. <laughs> we both are, yeah, in general. Um, but I think, look, we spend so much of our time, most people, at work, doing work. And it, so it's so important that we feel we have that space to be honest with the people who are maybe our managers or our peers, our colleagues, about how we're feeling for numerous reasons. A, because why wouldn't we want to feel comfortable mm-hmm. sharing that? B, because if we're maybe a bit off it that day or don't feel quite up to it, it'd be nice to know that we feel understood. Mm-hmm. If we need a day off, I think this should be accepted that, Mm -hmm. you know, we might need a day off occasionally, like anybody might who's experiencing Mm -hmm. some level of mental distress. And I think it's so crucial that we have those relationships with the people that we see a lot of the time. Quite often, when you go to work, you see those people more than you see your partner. And it's also a huge part of our identity, right? I feel like if you can't show your grief at work, you can't show yourself, Mm -hmm. which I think is just such a, a sad truth for so many of us. And I've spoken to so many people over the years um, about this. And, and I've said, 
well, just tell them. And they're like, no, because then they might not think I'm equipped for the job mm. or they might think that somebody else could do it better and so-and-so will take my role. And that's really, really sad because what a disheartening place to be in that you feel like you said, Kat, you can't be your authentic self mm. for the fear that somebody might tell you you're not having your job then. And then there's a lot of pressure in these environments as well. Like in the workplace, you know, you're, get, you're getting paid to perform. So if you feel like you're not performing, then you you risk your livelihood, basically. Or at university, you are paying to be there and to have a good performance and good, and good results. So you feel like you're letting yourself down, you're letting your, your family down. So I think there's also so much pressure to put the things that we might be struggling with aside and focus on the job at hand. But actually, it is it's such a huge part of you. Mm. I remember being at university in my final year and I had a massive essay to do that was going to contribute to quite a huge mark in a module I was doing. And I was sat in the library trying to do it and trying to do it. And I had a breakdown and got up and left. Um, I'd, I'd, repeat, I'd really tried over and over again to do this essay, but I just had this mental block because my mum hadn't died rel- that long ago. No. And... Uh, we've spoken about this a little bit before, but we had kind of a an ongoing battle internally um, after my mum died that was still happening at that time. And I was t- trying to navigate that and juggle that as well as just live life, like get through a day. And I remember I broke down and I left the library and I emailed my lecturer and I said, I am so sorry, I cannot do this essay right now. Um, and it was due in almost like the next day or the day after, but I'd repeatedly tried to do it and thought it's mm. okay because I've got another week or it's okay, I've got another five days. And he replied and said, no worries, I totally understand because I'd explain my situation. I'd try to go for some therapy at university, but I don't think upon reflection it was the right kind of therapy and it was not beneficial at all for me. Mm. Um, So I tried to do that. I'd explained all of this to him previously and he said, totally okay, look, we'll apply and get you an extension on it. The extension got rejected and I was told you just will get no mark for this. And I was so down, I was already down. But then I thought, this is so big in my final year that I'm going to now fail um, uni. And so I started beating myself up for that. Like, why did you do that to yourself? Why did you feel that way? Why did you not just do it? Yeah, why couldn't you just do it? Mm. And I had no empathy or self-love. And it took one guy at the university who I didn't know, but he found my, um, he worked in the department that kind of helped oversee all this. And he found the rejection letter and questioned it and said, why have we told this girl she can't have um, an extension? And he was told, no, she doesn't fit the criteria. What's the criteria? Well, he then emailed me and said, I want to meet you and let's talk about this. And he said, I have seen people get extensions who have not experienced the trauma that you are that you have gone through and that you are still Mm. going through right now. And I'm going to fight with everything I have for you to get this extension. And he single-handedly went up against them and backed me and said, she deserves it. And eventually they sent me an apology letter. I received it in the post. It came through and it said, we apologize for not acknowledging your grief. Um, Like we failed. Please accept our apology and we grant you the extension. Wow. Now, that was an unnecessary um, stress stress in Mm. my life that I didn't need particularly at that time. But 
thank God for that one man for having my back and rooting for me because mm. otherwise I probably would have failed my degree because it was worth so much of my final mark. Um, and that is the kind of shit that I don't want to see happening to other people. Yeah. And it probably still does. There mm. will be instances that differ. Every, every, uh, every experience is slightly unique, isn't it? But I hope that if that is you... I hope a, that it's not, but b that there is someone backing you and yeah. there to support. And I want, I want everybody to have that person who'll stand up for them. And I don't think we all do. No, I mean we've got to pray now. Hopefully, you know, I'm not saying that you're old, Emma, but hopefully now. I am. <laughs> hopefully the times now. have changed in 15 years. I understand that. <laughs> but fingers crossed, mm. though, that they have, mm -hmm. because I know that there are instances. Um, some people were kind of messaging about this where. It can be tricky because universities want proof of, of death mm. a lot of the time and that sometimes is a death certificate, an order of service from a funeral. And I think sometimes just asking for those things in themselves can feel very, very triggering mm. for people and feel very much like, why are you not be <laughs> believing yeah. me? Like my my mum, my dad is, is died. Dead. I'm not I'm not like they're not gonna see them at graduation yeah. in like a year's time. Like and, and a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks to the extension, Dickhead. <laughs> They've come back. <laughs> I can you imagine? But but the thing is, I understand they have to follow yeah. some protocol, but that can be really triggering, can't it? Yeah. I mean, I remember when mum died and I was at college and went to like it was a benchmark college so grades were everything um and we kind of got pulled into the principal's office and she was like yeah so we know your mum's died mm. like hope you're okay here if you need us or whatever you I don't, do your exams. Don't, yeah and then but I also remember throughout that period being chased around the college for my coursework that I hadn't done and no one was pulling me aside this was so Sorry, I've kind of done that bit back to front. While my mum was dying, mm. I was being chased for this coursework, but my mum was dying imminently, so I mm. hadn't done it. But I was literally chased around the college, people trying to find me to pin down this coursework to the point that in my A-level year, I had to drop that subject because I hadn't handed it in, wow. which I understand, but there was no degree of empathy, again, of we know why you haven't because your mum is literally about to die. Yeah you know, have a grace period or have a bit of an extension on it. It just blows your mind. But like you say, I hope that now, mm. 15, 16, 17 years on from college, that's moved forward. I really do. I, I'm worried that it might not in every instance at work mm. because um, as much as there are rules and regulations in place, you know, if certain standards are set at work, I worry that some people maybe just won't feel comfortable coming forward about it. Yeah, yeah. Have you got any examples of like when you've been triggered in the workplace in the role that you do now? Yeah, you know, as like a as a freelance presenter, like do you kind of get put into situations sometimes where people are asking you about your parents or? Oh, I mean, we all get triggered by that though, don't mm. we? Because that there's no feeling quite like people having a chat about their mum and dad and you knowing they're coming to you imminently yeah. and thinking <laughs> the cogs are going like, what do yeah. I say here? What am I going to say? Yeah. Um, but weirdly. Um, so I was working on the Euros. Do you remember when Christine Eriksen collapsed on the yes. pitch? And I was presenting and it was the very first game that I was presenting and I could not stop crying. Mm. The director had to come in and try and console me. I was, nobody could calm me down. And I think that that is because I have such an, I mean, I think a lot of people felt sad seeing yeah. that. But 
I was physically, I couldn't breathe. I was so overwhelmed with it. You're thinking about his family watching it and stuff, and aren't his, you? His, yeah, his mm. partner. And, and I just couldn't deal with it. Um, so that weirdly really triggered me. What about you? Yeah. I feel like as I've gotten older, it hasn't been hasn't been as bad. I'm not kind of triggered in daily situations as much as I as I would be. I've spoken before about when I was, so I won't kind of go into it again, but I was also working in Pandora straight after my mum died. And you can just imagine the triggering mm. situations there. Um, I think as I've gotten older and in the workplace now, I'm I'm very lucky because of doing this podcast, I am very open about the fact that my mum has died. So That's it's not good. very often that I get put into a situation where people bring something up that might, trigger me necessarily mm. um but you still get it the same way that a lot of people other people do like when obviously i found out about the pregnancy and some people at work and there are people like oh but your parents are so excited about your mum can't wait to be a grandma and that kind of thing and then you have to be like actually actually my mum's mm. dead <laughs> like so i think it is when kind of those life events happen when the people that you work with don't always know the ins and outs and intricacies of your life do they because mm. like why would they um but I'm quite lucky. I think in the role that I do now, it's not very often that, you know, something will come up that has been you not really a lot of death when it comes to lavatories and office spaces. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a mundane, mundane working environment. Um, but I do think it's completely dependent on the type of person that you are and whether you go into a space owning your grief and owning what's happened to you. Or if you're the kind of person that prefers to completely block it out at work and for that to not be a part of who you are because you use it as, as an escape, which I think a lot of people do mm. do. I think whatever kind of person you are, though, mm. you deserve the right to that space if you mm. want it. You deserve the right to be respected if you feel that you're maybe feeling a little bit down or you're struggling a bit or a lot. You know, mm. you deserve that space. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. How do you approach it around if you're working around like the kind of like the death anniversary of your mum and stuff? Like, do you tell people when you go into work that it that it's that, or have you ever? I don't make a point of doing that, no. But um, some of my best friends are the people I work with, so they already know. Mm. And I'm very lucky. For example, one in particular, who his name's Ross, and I've only really been I've only known him for just over a year, but he is one of my best friends, Aww. and. Um, 
we were working around the anniversary of mum's death this year and he actually went out of his way to ring me and be like, I just want to check how you're feeling because, Aww. you know, I know we'll be at work and there'll be a lot of people around and you might not want to talk about it there. So I just want to check how you are, what's going on. Mm. And that is really nice. But I also, again, I know that not everybody has that. Yeah. Um, but I am um, a bit like with you. We kind of own our grief through humour. Yeah. So... That's our coping mechanism, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. So if anyone brings it up, I'm like, oh, well, I would, but she's been dead 15 years today. Yeah. It's that kind of attitude, isn't yeah. it, towards it? But I, you know what? It must be quite difficult if you aren't an extrovert like us. Yeah, I think if your grief is especially fresh as well, mm. I think I do really empathise with people that are in sort of full-time office jobs that have to then return to work very imminently because of being paid because of the amount of leave that you're you're entitled to because of working pressures the idea of having to walk back into an office environment knowing that everybody knows what's happened to you or you might have to explain why you've been off to some people who don't I think that must feel incredibly daunting like a like a real heavy weight mm. that I think must sit must sit on people quite mm. a lot and also, if you are, for example, caring for somebody terminally ill at home mm -hmm. and you're not talking about it at work, you know, yeah. you're kind of then juggling between dealing with this awful thing at home. Um, and it is awful because nobody wants to watch somebody that they yeah. care about dying mm -hmm. and then going to work and dealing with the pressures there. I think it. You know, it can feel sometimes like your head's going to just implode with all that going on. Yeah. I, do you know what? If I were to give any advice, it, whether you are an extrovert, an introvert, however you grieve, however you cope, what kind of person you are, I would always advise you to talk about it. Mm. I would always advise you to s scope out, if you can... One safe person. It was exactly what I was going to say. Mm, yeah, I think I think just having one... Like, like we said earlier... <laughs> You spend your majority of your time in work. And I think it is essential to have one safe person who you can sit and complain about, oh, I, I, like this really triggered me or I'm feeling really upset today or I need some extra support doing this because I'm struggling with, with my emotions today. I think it's, yeah, it's so mm. important. It really is. I think the more you talk about it and the more aware people are, I would hope the more... That awareness leads to empathy, mm. checking in on you, checking if you need any space, extra time with something. Mm. And even if, whether your grief is, you know, recent, you know, whether it's just happened or it was five or ten years ago, mm. you still have a right to feel however it makes you feel. You still have a right to have shitty days yeah. or even weeks or months yeah. and to talk about that. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the big things that we use this podcast for is so that all of you that are listening feel less alone in whatever it is that you're going through so prior to doing the, this episode we um we asked you for your sort of inputs and your comments on examples of when you've had to return to work after the death of your parents and and how that was for you and so many of you got back to us and there are some really recurring themes and quite a lot of it but I think many of us find it incredibly difficult so I think I'm going to share a few of those for you guys now that are listening so that if you resonate with even one of them you know that there is somebody else out there that's experienced something similar to you so Alice said that everyone ignored the fact that her dad had died and looked at the floor when she passed when she returned to work 
Oh my God, Alice. Grim. <laughs> I'm so sorry that that was mm. your experience. Mm. That must be heartbreaking. Yeah, and I think a lot of people said that, you know, Katie said that she feels like she, she has to hide her grief. Um, somebody else said that they felt like it felt like it was only acceptable for the first two weeks and then they were just expected to just to just crack on. Um, Corinne said that it's very hard to show grief in the workplace because very few people understand it, which is so true. I think the amount of support that you get in work is completely dependent as well. It's potluck on your managers. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of workplaces have, you know, compassionate leave, which can vary from two days, which is just obscene. You might have the day your parent died and the day of their funeral and that's it. Or you might have a company that has two two weeks. But then there are always situations in companies when your manager just might not tell HR that you're off work. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hear I hear that happens a lot. There's no they don't go any through any formal sort of regulation and you're allowed to take the time off and you get paid and that's fine. But I think it's just completely dependent on on your managerial situation and, and that support and also your workload and your work pressures and the type of job that you do, I think, yeah, it must make it really tricky. And you know what? I completely understand it can be difficult um, depending on your circumstances or situation to leave a job. But I would mm. just advise you, if you can, to, if you don't have understanding management and if you try to address it and you've not been heard, to try and find a different job and Mm. that is not easy particularly not in the climate we're in Mm. but what I don't want is for you to feel stuck um I hope that if you are in that situation right now I hope that you dig deep enough within yourself to know you're worthy of being treated better than this and I'm not saying you'd find a job overnight but and it's really hard to step outside of your comfort zone, especially yeah. when you're grieving. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. But mm. please, please know if you're in that situation, there are managers out there who will be understanding of your situation. Yeah. And I cannot stress enough that I understand how difficult it is to find another job, particularly if you're on a certain trajectory yeah. and that's where you're going and you need to stay in that company. Um, but I hope you at least have can find somebody, if it's not at work, then maybe someone outside of work or somebody mm. in work that you can that you can befriend to talk to. Mm. I think there was um, a girl actually answered this that I worked with in my, my current business. Her dad died um, prior to me starting. Um, it's awful this far. I remember being so excited when I found out that there was somebody else in the team. Who, fellow DPC. Yeah, literally I was like, yes, there's somebody who's going to understand. Um, but her experience was actually really positive with our work. And I think it was down to the team. Like I said before, you know, it's not necessarily the um, regulation we've got in place because I think it's standard everywhere else. But mm. she said that it was a very, really supportive team and they responded to the pace that she wanted to do things and they were really flexible. That's good. Um, which I think is such a positive And I wish every business and team could be the same in that situation because you never know when it's going to happen to you. That's mm. the thing. Like it could be your manager that comes in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's like my parent died over the weekend and I've had to come into work. And, you know, I think it's it's kind of making the places and our work workspaces and our study spaces more accepting of how flexible they, they need to be and mm-hmm. have the, those regulations in place to support people. And I think it's going in the right direction from what I hear and what mm-hmm. I see. There is far greater understanding. Um, 
But I think there's always room for improvement, isn't there? Because it's, look, grief is universal. At some point in life, we're all going to experience grief. Most of us are going to spend the majority of our life in work. So (laughs) the likelihood is that that grief is going to happen when we are working. Mm. So it makes sense for everybody. And it actually makes a far healthier company dynamic if from the top down, there is a level of understanding and empathy. And you know what? Shout, Shout out to the companies that do do that, you know, like your workplace. And I worked at a radio station once where on the anniversary of my mum's death, they organised for us to do the show live from the local hospice to raise money. And it was so emotional, but I felt so valued and Mm. heard. And shout out to Signal One in Stoke because (laughs) you, and on the breakfast show, yeah, they made me feel like whole that day when a huge part of me was, was... it was it was a day where ordinarily I feel so low mm. and I'm aware that my mum's not there, but they made me feel whole. So, so shout lovely. out to those companies. Mm. We did ask you guys how you think employers and colleagues can support somebody's return to work, which I think is really valuable. And it's just something that if you do have a voice in your company, you know, if you do have friends that work in sort of internal comms or as a senior manager, I think... Next, this this week for Dying Matters Week is possibly a, a decent time to try and be like, oh, did you know that this is like an, an awareness week this week? And I just wanted to, maybe you can highlight the support that is available for your colleagues and stuff if they're going through anything and they're grieving because sometimes it's not easily found and you never know, you might be able to set up your own sort of mini DPC meetup or grief yeah. meetup or something, which I think can be can be really helpful for people. If you feel like you've got a platform to say something, then I would encourage you to do it. Um, but there is there's a ton of things here that other people have have um, suggested that employers can do. So that's kind of asking them, or you can ask your colleague if they do want to talk about it, because yeah. some some people do use work as an escape. Um, Phasing your return to work, so easing into it with shorter hours, support group options and weekly check-ins, um, returning to work meetings that are more informal, helping with your workload and acknowledging anniversaries or birthdays. Top tip that I do, not just for my friends at work, but just friends in general. It's a bit of a weird one, but if, if I get a text from a friend saying my parent just died, <laughs> I will go straight into my calendar and I'll put a recurring event in every year. Oh, that's calendar. nice. So that you know yeah. you can send them a message or give pick up the phone and ring them. Yeah, just so that you know that it's there, basically. And I think, like you said, just somebody acknowledging it sometimes can make a, make a big difference, can't it? Do you, know, do you know something that is good if maybe you don't feel, you know, if the office is busy or mm. you can't get the right moment to talk to them? You could write someone a little note mm. and slip it in their drawer or on the desk. Um, so I worked with a man who was terminally ill and he was wonderful and we spoke openly about it but it got to the point where we kind of knew he was going to die yeah and i wrote a little note for him oh, and just slipped it through so i didn't have to say it in front of everybody yeah and sometimes that's you know i don't know if it did help him or not but i know that would have helped me because yeah. what that says is i see you and i'm okay. here i'm here if you want me to listen yeah Definitely. Oh, that's so lovely. I think. I just think not everybody works in a, you know, if you've got 100 people, for example, in your yeah. office, it's not that easy to walk up to someone and be like, your mum died? Yeah. I'm here if you I'm want to chat. <laughs> because then you've got, you know, Nikki on row sits going, who died? <laughs> God, you know? I can't <laughs> imagine. Yeah. yeah. So can. sometimes it's thinking about how 
to tell someone you're there if they want to talk yeah. without using your words. I've actually got a similar situation at the moment, to be fair. There's a there's a really young apprentice that works in, in our office um, whose dad died suddenly uh, last week and it's not very well known at work. And I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm just racking into my brain, like, what am I going to do when I see her? Because I, I feel like as somebody who has experienced the loss of a parent... It's kind of like a responsibility mm. to be like, I see you, yeah, and you know, I'm I'm here for you. Um, but yeah, it's figuring out how best to do that. So I think I might I might actually follow suit with writing a note mm. or something for her when when she's in the office because I don't want to use Google Chat in yeah. work and yeah, so so informal. I don't want to I don't want to feel like I'm encroaching on her in the kitchen. Like, yeah, like, like blocking the doorway so she can't. Yeah, get out I just want to make a brew. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I think it is, and also we um, social media means that we can reach out to people outside of work as well. So I know a girl, for example, whose mum died on Mother's Day last year, and I use social media. I use Instagram chat just to check in on her and say mm. to her. If you want to go for a coffee and talk about anything without judgment, laugh, cry, whatever you want to do, or not yeah. even talk about your mum, I'm here. So you can reach out to people without looking creepy mm. that way. Yeah. That's another one of the suggestions that you mentioned before, actually, is blocking time out with a trusted colleague to create safe spaces, mm. which I think top tier advice. And, you know, if you do have a calendar at work, you can just send a meeting invite. And when it comes to meeting, just say, I didn't actually need to talk to you about yeah. work. Just need to take some time out for an hour. <laughs> but how much would that mean to you if someone had done that? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's, it's a lovely gesture that. And it then is. it creates a safe environment where that person then feels, oh, there's someone there if I do want to talk. Yeah. And that's all we all need yeah. is to know that we're heard and understood. Mm. I think one of the other things somebody else has said is talk about normal things too, which I think, you know, you do have that other side of the spectrum where people just avoid having yeah. any sort of conversation <laughs> around you whatsoever. Yeah. A fear of being disrespectful, talk about something happy. But I think, again, you know, all of us do want to live a normal, happy life whilst acknowledging our grief. And that also involves getting involved in like, the office or workplace like banter and stuff. Yeah. So. I think, you know, if you do feel like it, you can say to the people you work with, by the way, you can act normal. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please be normal because you make yeah. me feel weird. You make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And also little things like I know sometimes some of my friends, for example, don't like saying, oh, yeah, you know, we celebrated my mum's birthday at the weekend mm. or whatever. And I'm like, I want you to do that. Yeah. I'm happy for I'd you. I'd rather hear you that get... than hear that you didn't. I don't know. Well, I don't want to think that they can't tell me. Yeah. It's okay. I'd rather you tell me than me see it on Instagram mm. and think, why didn't you just yeah, tell me? Yeah, and they said, yeah, we didn't do anything this weekend. Yeah, yeah. and it's the same in work. Like, mm. please, speak openly. Talk about your life. Mm. Like, that person, we are still normal people. Yeah. We, you know, we still we still live too. Yeah. Hopefully. You know, <laughs> we still go about our day as much as, as best we can. Um. But I know just for me personally, I want people to talk and be as they are. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Whilst creating that space, if I want it, and being being considerate enough to ask the questions sometimes, I think, is really important. Yeah. It is, it is a really healthy balance, isn't it? And that's where I think it's important for offices, workspaces, universities, schools to really take the lead from the higher up, people and filter it down onto how to approach these situations rather than just completely ignoring it because you know fair enough you might not be able to offer somebody two weeks compassionate leave but you can find a way to offer them a phased return to work you can find them somebody to 
kind of buddy up with or be like a mentor for them in that situation mm-hmm. like there are things that you can do if regulations don't allow you to give that person the space the space that they need initially yeah and if you are a manager mm-hmm. or if you have people working for you and you and you're listening to this right now don't be afraid of, you know, if you know somebody has is grieving a loved one or has previously lost a loved one, don't be afraid of approaching them and saying, I know you've experienced this loss. What can we do that would help you? Mm. And also, what would you advise for us to do moving forward if anyone else experiences this? Mm. Don't be afraid to ask the people who have ex- experienced it directly because they'll be best placed to advise you. Yeah, yeah. And the same goes with the way around, you know, if you know of somebody who has lost a loved one in the office and you know their manager and maybe have a conversation with them and say you know I know what this feels like I've been through that yeah you can recommend me as somebody they can they can speak to if they need to absolutely absolutely but you deserve that space I think that's the the final point to make here is whatever your situation is at work right now you deserve that space to talk about your grief if you want to or to have a bit of extra time to complete a task or do something yeah. if you are grieving. Yeah, be easy on yourself. Treat yourself with compassion. Don't expect, you know, your workload to continue at the same trajectory as it was before because our minds are just completely overworked. And I think being able to get up in the morning and complete tasks during the day is a huge feat when you're grieving. So take it slow, take your time, and treat yourself with compassion the way that you would with anybody else absolutely thank you thanks for that thank you very much for listening and thank you to everybody that contributed to this week's episode as well it's so helpful to be able to hear what your experiences are and to be able to share them with everybody else yeah as always you can get in touch with us on all of the socials if there's anything that you'd like us to cover in the upcoming episodes or just anything that you want to talk about Yep, you can contact us on Instagram predominantly at at Dead Parent Club Podcast and you can email us at hello at deadparentclub.co.uk. We'll see you next week. Have a lovely week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.